Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Soberland. I'm your host, Lindsay. Today's episode is a little different than the rest. Um, I wanted to share a very cool experience that I had last week. A friend of mine gifted me with a my very first astrology reading. And um, the woman that gave me the reading allowed me to record it. So I wanted to share it with you because I found it to be very interesting. Uh, before I do that, just wanted to give a little bit of background um, on this whole deal. The, my, my reader was a woman named Kitty Hatcher, who has been doing astrology readings for over 45 years. So she is a pro. Um, she's this super sweet older woman who kind of reminded me of my grandma, which I loved. And um, she did the reading. It's based, uh, It's using a natal chart, also known as a birth chart or astrology chart. And the only information that you need to provide to receive this is your date of birth, the time of your birth, and the place of birth. So I was not able to find my time of birth. This is something that's usually found on a birth certificate, but my mother said that the time was not on mine. So apparently I have a counterfeit birth certificate, which kind of makes sense because I was born in Florida and that state can't get their shit together. So uh, my mom guessed that I was born sometime around 9.30 a.m. And so that was enough information for Kitty to do the reading. So the chart itself looks like a bunch of gibberish. I posted mine on my Instagram, at Lindsay Cowan, and you can find yours for free online on different websites. Uh, the challenge is reading it and figuring out what the hell it means, and that is where Kitty comes into play. Um, I don't know why that felt so uncomfortable saying that out loud, but this uh, this chart, it helps you explain your unique personality traits, such as like your strengths and weaknesses, how you are in relationships, past trauma, future events, and it's all based uh, on the positions of the sun, moon, and planets at the time of your birth. So I found it to be really interesting. A lot of it really resonated with me, such as like things about my past and my parents, uh, things that I've struggled with in past relationships, and just overall helped me kind of put into words a lot of the personality traits and things I've been realizing about myself as I've been getting to know myself in sobriety. So I thought it was really cool. So here I present to you my reading with Kitty. So <clears throat> November 1st, 1988 at 9 a.m. in Hollywood, Florida. And if you were born at 9 a.m., you would have Sagittarius as your rising sign. And the rising sign has to do with your environment or your personality. And um, it just adds a little bit of extra information mm -hmm. to your chart. Um, and that would, that would mean that you would look at life as an adventure. And you'd want to travel a lot. And you'd want to collect wisdom. And, and perhaps that's one reason you would be interested in tarot and, and crystals and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Because it's expansive and... You want to take knowledge and turn that knowledge into wisdom and take that wisdom and communicate it back to people. And the chart's divided into 12 sections called houses, and each house represents a certain area of your life. So if you were born at 9 a.m., the planet Uranus, Saturn, and Neptune would all be in your first house. And this is the way other people see you. And you probably do have Uranus in your first house because it always gives beautiful eyes, and you have absolutely amazing eyes. Oh, thanks. And it gives you charisma, and you can't go to Harvard and get a degree in charisma. You're either born with it or you're not. Mm -hmm. And Saturn, though, in your first house, means that you were kind of like an old soul. Even when you were young, you 
people thought you were older than you were with your age just because of the way you behaved or acted or the wisdom that you had as, as a child or maybe responsibilities you had to take on when you were younger. And then with Neptune in the first house, Neptune has to do with inspiration, creativity, spirituality, everything that isn't tangible. And it's very psychic. And it's very... And so you would have all three of these planets in your first house if you were born around 9 p.m. or maybe a little bit later. Or 9 a.m. I mean 9 a.m. Okay. or a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So even if it's somewhere within that hour or two, it would probably remain if it, the same? If you were born between 9 and 10, you would have Sagittarius rising and you'd have these planets okay. either right next to your ascending sign or right in your first house. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're born at... 9 p.m. it'd be totally different right. and 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 um, between 8 and 9 it'd be different too it'd mm-hmm. be a little you would you would still have Sagittarius rising but your sun would probably be in the 12th house which makes it kind of hidden from view okay so we'll just have to kind of play that by ear okay about how that is so the things that I'm sure of, though, is your sun sign represents who you are as a person. It's your ego, the way you want to shine as an individual. And your sun is at nine and a half degrees of Scorpio. And Scorpio is the most intense sign of the zodiac. I've heard. It's ruled by <laughs> Pluto. Okay. Pluto is a planet that has to do with, with power and transformation. They, they've say that Pluto's not a planet anymore, but it's the most powerful object in the sky in mm-hmm. relation to astrology that I know of because it's, it's, it relates to like nuclear energy. And when you have Pluto, not only are you Scorpio that's ruled by Pluto, but Pluto is very close to your sun sign. Okay. And that gives you like a double whammy of this Plutonian energy, this magnetism. And your ability to manifest things is off the hook amazing. Now, what Scorpios have to know, though, is what they have control over and what they don't have control over. And you don't have control over hurricanes or earthquakes or other people. You do have control over how you deal with those things. Mm-hmm. When you were about three years old, uh, or maybe even younger, well, when you were three years old, your dad was probably going through a really difficult time. It, it could have been a death of some sort, like a death of a, a friend or a parent or the death of a job or a death of an ideal. Do you know what was going on with your dad when you were three? That could have been difficult. Or did you almost die when you were three? Not that I know of. Okay. Well, the reason I say that is because you know how... If somebody's going to die, how you want to will them to stay alive, but you really have no control over that, that's how you felt ever since you were three years old. Do I hold on? Do I let go? Do I have control over this? Don't I have control over this? Well, everybody has potential, but not everybody has the probability of reaching their potential. You have the probability of reaching this potential just because you have that drive. You you want life to be meaningful for you. Mm-hmm. You're not a super first superficial person at all you you want when you're an old lady you want to you want to look over your life and say wow I made an impact I tried this the world's different because I've been there this is really really important for you and 
and that drive is is what pushes you to achieve and you can pretty much achieve anything you set out to do with your kind of chart but it's really important for you to understand everything there is to know about power and Pluto power comes in three different categories either you feel like you have no power at all because you're run over by a steamroller or you try to overcompensate for that and you control and manipulate everybody around and you and you're pretty obnoxious if you do that or you can just get in touch with that inner power you have and choose to empower other people who want to be empowered not try to make somebody something they they refuse to do because mm -hmm. you've certainly been around those kind of people or be around and or be around powerful people that aren't going to be intimidated by you that can appreciate your power and together you could make something bigger and better than you could individually so if I had one advice to give you it's about knowing those three different categories of power because you're going to have to deal with those your entire life but that's what's going to that's what's going to help you succeed but if you get on the defensive and you're and you're trying to stop a earthquake happening yeah you you can't do that and all it does is if you get on the defensive it's going to hold you back it takes all your energy to to survive rather than go forward so when you feel like getting on the defensive always step back and say wait a minute what do I want what's going on here what are my options is it worth um, pushing forward or not and you make the decision of what's best for you rather than going on automatic because Pluto and Scorpio often work on an unconscious level but if you can get in touch with that conscious part of you and it sounds like you've been searching for that just because of your interest in some of the occult things that mm -hmm. you are. Um, wow, it's, it's unbelievably powerful and transforming. And have you ever, do you know about Esther Hicks and Abraham and those? Um, do you know anything about no. that? No. Well, there's a woman, you can look at her on YouTube. Um, she channels a group of spirits that collectively call themselves Abraham. And she, she wrote a book called The Law of Attraction a number of years ago. And what their message is, it's, it's about how you manifest things in your life. And whatever you draw on is what you bring to you. And if you draw on abundance and, and prosperity, um, it, you draw that to you and it happens for you. If you, if you dwell on everything you're afraid of, all that comes. So whatever you dwell on is, is what you bring to you. And if anybody can live by that rule, you can. Because you're so powerful and magnetic, Lindsay. Whatever you dwell on, um, you're like a magnet. You're attractive to you. So you don't want to be in denial about things. But if there's problems, instead of saying, man, the day really sucks. Everybody's grumpy and all think about oh well if there's a problem I'm going to dwell on finding a solution for the problem and then you find the solutions rather than bring in more grumpy people okay that sort of thing um, your mother 
and father were totally different from each other. It's like one was a dog and one was a cat, and mm -hmm. you happened to inherited both of their qualities. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> so the moon represents uh, your mother. It represents you, your emotions. Your moon's in Leo. The sun represents your father. And, um, and your moon and your sun are very different, so therefore you can't really look to see how your mom and dad solve their problems because they, they're not going to relate to your, what your problems are going to be. You, you're kind of made up of a different character. And, um, and so you're going to have to learn how to solve problems a lot on your own by, by chance <laughs> mm. and uh, by trial and error. Um, and, and especially where relationships are concerned, you're going to have to learn how to do it it that way so it's almost like one parent was a dog and one parent was a cat and you're born a horse I mean it's, <laughs> it's that different oh, wow. in, in your chart you inherited good qualities from both of your your parents but they're just different mm -hmm. and you were caught into some type of a power struggle or control thing going on so um, you like as a child you mean or yeah. just my whole no, well, as a child, how how your parents tried to control they were they they controlled from they both wanted to be in control, but they were controlling from different points of view, and you're caught in the middle. Mm -hmm. So if you if you do what your dad says, it's probably different than what your mother wants. If you did what your mother wanted, it's probably different than what your dad wanted. Oh, okay, see what I mean? Yeah. And so therefore, that that energy, that feeling of Wow, I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place, or, or if I'm if I'm on this side, then I'm going to be against that side. Um, that's that energy feels normal for you. So then it's easy for you to get into conflict mm -hmm. when you're older because you're thinking how how do I manage that? And <clears throat> the way you manage it is is to is to see both sides of of yourself because the moon, the emotional part of you, wants to play and wants to wants to be 100% you and the sun in Scorpio says yeah but I want control so maybe I have to give up who maybe I can't play like I want to maybe I have to give up who I am to be in control and <clears throat> so then there's that conflict of well can I be myself or do I have to be something different than me so I can be in control of everything and, and the idea is by being yourself and using your power in a constructive way where, where you get in touch with what makes life meaningful for you and then sharing that with other people where you're empowering each other rather than getting in these power struggles with each other then everybody can benefit from it so you almost have to have a, a philosophical <coughs> belief in prosperity more than scarcity but you have Saturn the planet everybody has a Saturn in their chart you have Saturn right next to Uranus in your chart. So everybody born within a year of when you were born has this planetary angle, so it's a kind of a generational thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, these are very different planetary angles because Uranus is about freedom. Saturn's about responsibility. The message here is freedom is in direct proportion to responsibility. So if you only want freedom and you are rebelling against society to get the freedom, um, you're going to get yourself out in the end of a limb. 
And if you just go with society without being free, you're going to get yourself stuck in a box. So you're at a really good age, Lindsay, now. It's going to be easier from here on out than it was when you were younger. Oh, thank God. <laughs> when you were younger, you didn't have the authority to make the changes. Mm. But once you get your credentials, you get your credentials by getting an education or by age and experience. Uh, once you get your credentials, then you can make changes. Because what you have to be part of this the system before you can change the system. Ultimately, you want to change the system. Mm. <laughs> and you want to make an impact. And you can't stand being stuck in a box. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the authority to be able to say, hey, there's a better, there's there's something better than being stuck in a box. And so you're at, so did you go to college? I did, yes. Okay, and you graduated? Yeah. All right, so that's one of the best things you could have ever done for yourself because that shows you had the, the discipline to be able to do the work, to know how to be part of the system. So now you can use this amazing ability you, to, that you have to be able to, to connect the old with the new, the traditional with the untraditional, um, history with the innovative that hasn't even been thought yet. Mm -hmm. Some people that are really highly intuitive like you are they're so far ahead that nobody can relate with them and it's like um, it's like being so far ahead of your time that that you don't get the support you need they people can't understand what you're talking about and then some people that that are so traditional and they're so stuck they never grow all they want is the security of of doing the same thing over and over and they're still probably typing on typewriters instead of computers and but what you have this ability to do is your ability to understand history and understand the future and to be able to find new ways to solve old problems or to, or to see how to take a system that's become stagnant and give it some new life okay. or how to have new ideas that have grounding and sure footing rather than just be out in la-la land. Mm -hmm. So you have this wonderful gift of being able to to combine the old with the new and you do that by knowing that freedom is in direct proportion to responsibility and if you're responsible then you're going to have a lot of freedom but what some people do is they just want the freedom and because they're not responsible then eventually their options of freedom get more narrow and more narrow until they they don't have freedom at all so that's why you have to have that combination and you you're born with that combination then on top of that you have the planet neptune which is this visionary planet of of what life could be of dreams and ideals and inspiration and creativity and this this thing that makes you very psychic it's it's right there in your first house too which is um very beautiful. It makes you, if you're on a one-to-one -one level with somebody, you can understand what they don't say as much as what they can say. And I'll almost guarantee you, you understand me better than I understand me. <laughs> you probably understand me more than you understand you, actually, because you're able to, you're able to feel that. You you sense and feel things. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are born a little. Uh, earlier in the morning, this Neptune might be in the second house. And if that's the case, 
The second house has to do with the way you make your money. And, and Neptune is non-materialistic. <laughs> so then mm -hmm. it's going to be real important for you to budget your money in a way where you allow a certain amount of money that you can lose <laughs> that you don't mm -hmm. have to account for because you might want to give it to somebody or you might just forget where you put it. And, and maybe that's a good idea anyway because um, that Neptune's pretty close to that second house anyway. So okay. it's probably but That was good if idea. I was earlier in the morning, if you were born. which I don't think I was, though. Okay. Because that doesn't resonate with me, like, the, like, mon the money thing so okay. much. But the All other right, thing so you were saying. So then the other part with you being psychic or, like, or yeah. sensing and, and being visionary, then, th then, you were, then that would be... Um, Nine o'clock or a little yeah, bit later. That's what okay. I mean. Yeah. All right. So you have this combination of planets, whereas you have some real. The way it works is the sun and the moon and the planets represent certain parts of you, and the distance one planet is from another will determine whether these parts of you get along with each other or if they conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. So the most ideal chart is when you have planets. A combination of ones that don't get along with each other because that's going to motivate you to go forward but you also want planets that get along with each other so when you do go forward it's going to open doors for you and you have that kind of combination in your chart so the challenges in your chart are like opposite challenges you have Saturn this planet that has to do with rules and restrictions and order making a hard angle with Venus and Mars. So Venus has to do with love, um, financial security, beauty. Mars has to do with action. It's a masculine energy. Venus is a feminine energy. So when Saturn makes an angle with Mars, it means that Mars says, I want to do something, and Saturn says, you can't do it. And Mars says, well, I'm going to take an action, and Saturn says, no, you're not. And so there's this confliction in you. Do I, do I take an action, or do I hold back? And it can be very frustrating. And the answer is, it's important for you to take an action, but you need to do it with being deliberate and having a strategy to back up that action. Mm -hmm. And then it's important to let action get you out of a rut in case you're stuck in a rut because of fear. Saturn is a planet that represents fear, and fear is good if it keeps you from jumping out of an airplane without a parachute, but mm -hmm. it's bad if it keeps you from ever getting into an airplane. Right. So you have to know when to be cautious and when not to be. That's the whole thing about Saturn and Mars. This, this planetary energy is difficult because people don't know if they should go or stay put. But the the answer is to decide if you're going to go somewhere do you really want to go there what's the best way to get there if you're going to go and then do it with intention and with common sense mm -hmm. and if you're going to stay put then make sure you're just staying put for the right reason not because you're afraid to move out of a box mm -hmm. and so once you get that strategy down you're okay and then this Mars, which has to do with action, makes a really good angle with Jupiter, which has to do with wealth and prosperity and growth. And so your ability to go forward and grow and 
and prosper is amazing. You never have to worry about being poor with your chart. You're able to make money if you want to, or you're able to have the energy you need to be able to do things. Um, Saturn making a hard angle with Venus means that you were taught that you were lovable if you behave a certain way. But if you don't, then you could be rejected or you're not going to be lovable. So that puts a lot of pressure. It, it makes you sometimes very overcritical of yourself. But on the other hand, it's one of the best planetary angles for an architect, for example, because Venus has to do with beauty, Saturn has to do with structure. And so you're able to design a building that's beautiful and has a lot of structure. A lot of fashion models have this in their chart because they take beauty and they do it in a structured way. So, so they're just, you know, they're able to go down a runway and be beautiful. Are, are, you, are you able to make your eyes just absolutely perfect? <laughs> that's, that's combining the structure with the beauty. But what you, what is not good with this planetary angle is sometimes you're overcritical of yourself. And you, feel, and you doubt whether you're really lovable or not. And so it's important to give yourself some positive feedback for, for being lovable for who you are. You don't have to be somebody else. You know who had this aspect in her chart was Elizabeth Taylor. And here she, all, she had all these marriages because people would fall in love with, with the role she played, but they didn't necessarily love her for her. Mm -hmm. Yet, she was an incredibly lovable person. She did so much good for the world, actually, and the children and everything. And so, it's a, but yet she could use her, her beauty in an, in an extraordinary way. But the main thing is for you to learn how to love yourself without having strings attached. And then that way you can be in a relationship with somebody where where you can accept their love without thinking, oh boy, when are they going to criticize me? If I do something wrong, are they going to withdraw from me? So it's really important for you to value what it is that makes you lovable from the inside out. I mean, it, you're, you're beautiful now, but someday you might, you know, you might be this old wrinkled up lady and then that's going to make you lovable. So it's you want to be lovable from the outside and the inside, mm -hmm. and, and beautiful on the outside and the inside. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and that's one of your challenges in life, is, is to be able to do that, and to be careful not to be overcritical of yourself. And then you have Uranus making a difficult angle with Mars and Venus. So when Uranus makes a hard angle with Mars, it makes you very impatient. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and it can make you defensive. If I tell you you can't do something, you're going to prove I can, and you'll just automatically react to it. And, and you want to take certain risks. But, but you have to, this is good if you take risks that, uh, boy, my oldest son flies stun planes, so I would never, I, I've, I've flown with him in other planes, and he's a great pilot, but I will never get in a stunt plane with him, because I, I, I don't have that kind of risk inside me, mm -hmm. but, but he's able to, he, he's a little bit like you, and then he's able to, to learn how to, how to really fly an airplane, and be safe in a stunt plane, and he knows how to concentrate on that, and do it exactly right, because if he doesn't, he's going to crash. Mm -hmm. And you have this too. You can take those kind of risks. So think about when you take a risk, if you do it 
because you're prepared, that's fine. But if you're skiing down a slope and jump an avalanche without thinking of where the, the other side of the avalanche is, you mm -hmm. could get yourself in trouble. Right. Um, so then you have Uranus making a square angle with Venus. So are you in a relationship? No. Okay. So what happens if um, you... The only kind of relationship that's going to work for you is a relationship that's based on friendship and value, not need or dependency. Because if you need another person and you put your eggs in their basket, they call all the shots, you'll lose your independence and you'll hate it. Mm -hmm. If they need you and you think, oh, wow, they need me, so that's going to ensure their loyalty to you, they're going to become a liability for you. So you have to be able to be authentically who you are and not need the person but value the person and then the person you fall in love with has to be authentic and and able to be independent themselves but they fall in love with you because you're the best friends with each other and you can support each other and and if one of you you know breaks your leg the other one can help you out but mm -hmm. you're not going to be like you're filling up an empty part of me because yeah. that you, you need to be whole and whoever you fall in love with needs to be whole and then you can have a really, really good relationship. But the most important thing in the relationship is that you have really good communication with each other and that your philosophies are compatible. So let's say you, you are an optimist and they're a pessimist, that won't work. But mm -hmm. if both of you are pessimists or both of you are optimists, it will work. Okay. You have... Neptune making a hard angle with Venus. So this is a beautiful creative planetary angle. It's poetic, it's musical, it's beautiful. Uh, you're probably a good dancer with this aspect too. But, but it, it means that somewhere along the line you learn that love was synonymous with guilt. <laughs> and so that makes, that makes love really, I mean, you're going to think twice before you get married because yeah. you might think, oh, boy, this is going to be hard to have to change my whole life to put up with this person. <laughs> um, so there's a healthy kind of, of sacrifice. There's an unhealthy kind of sacrifice. So if, uh, if you and I were friends and and we were going to go out to dinner together, but I had a tummy ache, and we stayed home, and you made me chicken soup, then that, that's okay. That's an okay sacrifice. I'm going to appreciate you being with me, and, and you're going to have fun making me the soup and us watching a TV show, and then knowing that someday we'll go out for dinner and to a movie. Mm -hmm. But if you and I were friends, and you want to go to a movie, and I say, oh, no, you should never go to a movie. You can't do that, or... Or you can't, you can't have this dream that you have. That's a silly dream for you to have. And so you sacrifice who you are to be friends with me. That's a really bad kind of sacrifice. So don't ever sacrifice who you are so you can be in a relationship with somebody. You can compromise. Never give up your integrity. Never sacrifice what, what's meaningful for you to be in a relationship. Do but you say this because this is a common trait? That's a... Of you were taught that that's what you're supposed to do uh, okay. in some way. Yeah. Or you 
inquired that feeling, mm -hmm. whether it's conscious or unconscious, that you have to give up something to be in a relationship. Okay. So that's specific to what is that's on my chart? Specific is that, to your chart. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's where, that's a kind of a dysfunction you were See, what the chart shows is who you are versus who you were programmed to be. Okay. And you were programmed to be this wise, very powerful, very fun-loving, adventurous person. But you were programmed to keep a lid on yourself and follow certain rules, whether how you how you were programmed was through school or your parents or religion or religion yeah. it yeah. could be that yeah mm -hmm. um, uh, so give me an example of how you where you were programmed to hold yourself back or you couldn't be all you wanted to be or what makes you think you can do that uh, well I was raised in like the church and Christian schools where I mean that whole they, there's a very specific way you're supposed to live mm -hmm. your life mm -hmm. and um, and that, and so I think. And uh, you'd probably go to hell if you. Yeah, it was like there's like a that. fear if yeah. you don't do it this way. And then you know the whole thing was what my plan was supposed, or like what my family wanted was for me to do what they did, like get married, have a family, go to church, mm -hmm. and just kind mm -hmm. of continue the cycle of it. Mm -hmm. Well, what I've done is I actually don't. I'm not religious anymore. I don't go to church. I've I've moved across the country to just kind of like take a chance and have an adventure and try something mm -hmm. different so mm -hmm. um, okay so this is a really good example yeah so the rebellious part of you is what said I'm not going to buy this crap because mm -hmm. because I don't want to worship a god who's prejudiced <laughs> that's basically it yeah but it has nothing to do with whether you're spiritual or not because you there's a very spiritual, very beautiful part of you. Mm -hmm. But astrologically, there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Religion is ruled by Jupiter, which has to do with a philosophy of life that's taught to you by um, the culture in which you were born. So if you were born in, in one family, you might have been born Muslim, or you might have been born Jewish, or you might have been born Pentecostal, Christian or Catholic Christian and uh, these are all so different but but the programming of what you're supposed to do in that is um, is a philosophical thing that's been taught down the generations it has nothing to do with spirituality really it's the way they express that the way they interpret things spirituality is Neptunian and it's the ability to believe in something bigger than you that's that's a higher more beautiful level in you, like God, or some type of higher consciousness, or or spirit guides, or whatever. Mm. And and so I think if you have Sagittarius rising, it's going to be important that you believe in something bigger than you, because when you do get nailed up against the wall, and think, oh my gosh, I don't have any options. You you, if you don't believe that you can ask God or some type of higher consciousness for guidance. Mm -hmm. then you it's going to be depressing. You're going to right. feel like you can't do anything. So it's kind of nice to connect to something higher than I you. I have. I've kind of like, I've discovered and developed a relationship with a, a God, like God as I see him, not just like this judgmental 
yeah. church, but mm-hmm. as like a creator and something like yeah. more divine and higher power and bigger yeah. than me. So kind of what you're explaining. So. Yeah. And and what happens with some of these religions, um, <laughs> I understand this because when I was eight years old, I was raised Baptist, and I told my mother, there's no way I can go to heaven and be a Baptist. <laughs> so, so she let me change religions, actually. I became an Episcopalian, but, um, but she taught me about different religions, about, about Judaism, and, uh, and one of her mentors at the time was Gandhi, because he was alive during that time. And, and she taught me about Plato and Aristotle and the philosophical understanding oh, wow. of that, and I was so lucky. But then she died when I was young, and then my father married a woman who was a Pentecostal, and then she didn't want me to practice yoga because she thought that was a sin, and she didn't want me to go to college because I might meet a non-Christian, and it was yeah. like totally different, mm-hmm. and and that's why I understand how your head can explode sometimes yeah. with these things that <coughs> you don't want to, you don't want to be fearful that you're. You don't want to do something bad like murder people or be bad or steal things. I mean, that's that's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. But to think about God or think about Jesus loving all the children of all the world, that's not just one religion. It's God has to be more generous than that, I think, mm-hmm. because there's all kind of people in this world. Right. And, and so you've you've dealt with that in some way and you're Mm -hmm. understanding it and you had the courage to kind of see a new reality well I abandoned it completely for maybe a decade and didn't have any religious or spiritual life at all and so now I've developed now you're developing what what feels right to you right exactly Mm -hmm. and I commend you for that because that took a lot of courage Mm -hmm. to to do that and you can still love your parents it's just you're going to be different than, than they are yeah and because some of that programming really sticks inside of you. But then this Jupiter that has to do with, with philosophical beliefs or religious beliefs, um, you've taken, Jupiter makes a real good angle with Venus and Mars in your chart. And so what you've done is you've created your own awareness about what, what it means for you and I think you're right on target because of those planetary angles and and for example astrology doesn't take the place of religion it's just one time a, a little boy asked if I was substituting in a science class once and a little boy asked if I believed in God or science and I said well I think God created the world scientifically and I think <laughs> there's a mathematical order to things and right. astrology to me is a mathematical order of people and it's like a, a way to tap into to psychology, which is isn't against God, but a lot of religions are afraid of tarot and astrology. Yeah, I think it's very sinful, and it makes sense too because if you have somebody that's scaring the living daylights out of you, then you should be suspicious of it because it can only be interpreted through somebody else's head. Mm-hmm. So, so part of your um, Part of your gifts, I think, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay is is um, understanding things from a very deep level, defining who you are as a person, 
knowing what is your responsi your responsibility and what responsibilities need to be delegated to other people, what you have control over, what you don't have control over, how you can be this catalyst for change. You do this all in a loving way because you have Venus at the very top of your chart. To know what boundaries are, though, so you, you know that, that um, the word N-O is a complete sentence. <laughs> I do know that. Or, or that's what you, you have to learn how I, to know. I have to, uh, so you can say, no, this isn't acceptable. <laughs> so boundaries are a problem for me? Well, yes, in a way. Because if, if I wanted to manipulate you or control you, my choice weapon would be fear and guilt. Mm. Those two things. And, and because you, in a way you have this beautiful open heart and you want to, and you do want to help people and you want to be of service to people. But, but then I would come in and say, well, you can only do it my way. Or you, or if you try to, if you move across country, then, then I'm going to make you feel guilty about that because if you love me, you wouldn't go away from me either. And well, that, that's interesting. But they didn't do that for you. They didn't make me. My parents never said anything to make me feel guilty, yeah. but I have a, a lot of guilt because I'm so far away from them. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So they don't. They don't have to say it, but it I, shows you're going to yeah. feel it. Right. Yeah. And so, so, what you can do though with with your family, you can. You can just see them. You can you can see your mother as a cat and your dad as a dog and you're a horse and mm -hmm. you can look at it that way and just realize <laughs> they they have different needs than you. Yeah. And and you can love them. You're just not going to agree with them. Mm -hmm. So um, if you, if you could be an animal, what what kind of animal would you like to be? Oh. Um. Probably something that could fly. Okay. Some kind of bird or something like that. All right. So let's say, let's say you're this beautiful, amazing bird, mm -hmm. and you're raised by tortoises, and you love the tortoises. You want to be like tortoises, but you just don't want to be on the ground that long. You 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 have to fly. You have to migrate. You have to see different parts of the world. You have to strut your feathers. You mm -hmm. have to, and and if you stayed with the turtles, you'd be unhappy. But when you finally go out and you find other birds, and these birds think you're the greatest bird that they've ever seen, and you think they're great, um, but you're never going to be an ordinary bird because you're raised by tortoises. But the tortoises are never going to be able to fly. But you can go back and visit the tortoises. You can love them. But you also have to take flight. Mm -hmm. And... Instead of being an ordinary bird, you're going to be a bird with tremendous wisdom because most birds don't know what it feels like to be a tortoise. You know what it feels like to be a tortoise. So you can actually be a liaison between birds and tortoises. You'll have the wisdom that you only get from living the life of a tortoise that you can share with, um, or it's, it gives you a depth and a wisdom mm -hmm. and an internal substance that most birds wouldn't have. And that's kind of how you can look at your life. Yeah. Because it makes you really interesting. You're anything but boring. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're always going to be searching. And, and you have an awful lot to give. And you can give it in a beautiful way. 
and communication is going to be important to you. And if you are born around 9 o'clock, then you have Virgo at the top of the chart. So you want to do something where you're of service to other people in some way. You don't want to make money at somebody else's expense, for example. Like, you can make money working for a cigarette company, but basically cigarettes are bad for people. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't really be that happy if you did that. Right. Um, it's very spot on, yeah. You want to be able to be in an, be, have, um, trying to think of the word, um, you, you need to be independent in what you do. Like the worst job for you would be a data processor for the government where you're micromanaged. Mm -hmm. You can't be micromanaged. I can't. That's, yeah. That's just terrible. Yeah. What, what do you do here? Uh, I work in like print production and marketing, but um, what, I, what I mentioned a podcast, but that's uh, something that I want to, I would love for to, to, that to take off and get like advertisers and actually monetize from it so I can focus all of my energy towards that. And I mean, and that, I wouldn't report to anyone or be micromanaged. Obviously, I'd be like my own boss and have uh -huh. like my own company or my own brand that I'd be running. So, great. What What is your topic? And it's um, about mental health and sobriety. I'm I'm sober, so about it, almost a year sober. So Good for I struggled you. with alcohol abuse for many years. So. Uh -huh. And and I'm not surprised looking at your chart because that's that's one of the ways you would numb yourself. Yeah, you know what what uh, alcohol does uh, for people it it, well, it numbs you, but but it creates a boundary. It's an unhealthy boundary. But to stop numbing yourself and get into you on so many different levels on a mind, body, spirit, emotional level, and to get in touch with this power you have, you're going to blow yourself away. <laughs> it's going to be so good for you. Because uh, you love to have fun. Loyalty is important for you. Mm -hmm. I don't think you've had much of that in your life, though. I think, I think that can be kind of hit or miss sometimes with, with people being there for you or not being there mm -hmm. for you. Um, but um, I think if you, I think if you think of of things, I, th I think of things like energy. There's there's some energy, some people that give me energy and some people that take the energy away from me. Or there's some foods I eat that give me energy and some foods I eat that takes the energy away. And if you start thinking about that and thinking about what gives you energy and, and you want to do this podcast, for example, and when you're doing that, you probably feel energetic and time just seems to fly away from you, doesn't right, it? Right, yeah. Because when you're doing something like that, it, it, when time seems to evaporate, um, it means you're on the right path in some way. Mm -hmm. And something that's very hard for you to do, but something that, that you're not gonna be happy until you do it, is this integration of differences. This part, um, how, am, how am I able to feel secure when times aren't secure? How can I feel I'm connected when I feel disconnected? How mm -hmm. can, how so can, just being caught up in that, that feeling in the moment and not... Well, you've had to... Again, it's like, it's like you, you, you're this bird that wants to fly and, and you have 
you've had things that want to pull you down and say, no, this is how it has to be done. Mm -hmm. And it's and if you fly away, then you've rejected them or, or you're separated from them. And if you stay close to them, then you feel restricted. Mm -hmm. And so it's if I had your chart, what I would do is I would go into a meditation and take the phone off the hook so you won't be disturbed mm -hmm. and imagine yourself in the most beautiful safe interesting place you can like imagine yourself in a place so much you can feel the temperature the air you can feel the textures around you and then ask your soul to come and sit before you and your soul can look like a ball of energy or an old woman or a power animal or something and Ask your soul why it wanted to be born into your body, into your family, into this century. Why it wanted to be? Yeah. Why did it want? Why did your soul want to be born in into your body, into your family? Because it has a mission. You are born with a mission. Mm -hmm. And what is that mission? And what does it want to accomplish? Because because you have the you have the soul of a warrior, of a wise person, of a little bit Indiana Jones <laughs> in there too. <laughs> um, you're not going to take anybody's shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a poet. It's you have um, you have a really interesting bundle of contradictions in your chart, and a. To put that together, to use it, to, to know how to integrate that, and then to communicate it to other people, you're going to help people break out of their confinements and get in touch with whatever it is that's very special about them to, to be able to express. Because, mm -hmm. because you have the compassion, you know how it feels to be stuck in a way. What happens when some people get unstuck, they just get fragmented. But you have something about you, your philosophy of life, that has all these little fragments come in. You say, oh, no, let's get them together and see how, what we're going to make out of. It's a really creative process. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like a mosaic where you take something, you bash it all apart, and you put it together in a new way. That's kind of what your chart yeah, represents. Yeah, so I'd say I, I think that's really spot on. I think I'm in a, part, in a, a point where I'm trying to figure that the details out like what is that exactly for me how do I get there what do I do mm -hmm. well the thing is like what chances do I need to take because I know you were saying don't impulsively act but yeah so but you have to take you have to maybe identify sorry this is what I I, I know I want to do this I don't know how to do it and so then ask for guidance either find you, you because you're very unique they kind of broke the mold when you were born so because you're unique, you won't be able to find maybe one particular person. Like if you just wanted to be a banker in your life, you could find 100 people to have as your mentor. Mm -hmm. You want to do something very unique and different. So maybe you need to get ask advice maybe from some people. Who, they might not be perfect at everything, but they represent something that, that speaks to you. And okay. then they can give you some ideas on how to how to package this thing or how to brand it. One of the things that's happening right now is um, the, 
planet Jupiter is making a good angle with your moon. So this is a great time to expand and maybe get some really good information from women in particular. Saturn's making an angle with in your chart that says this is a time where you can meet some older people that can probably help you in some way. Pluto's making an angle with your moon, but I'm not sure exactly um, where that is because we don't know. Your moon can move like 12 to 15 degrees in a 24-hour period, so mm -hmm. I'm not really sure where your moon is. But if you're born around, you know, around... Uh, nine o'clock in the morning your moon's at 11 degrees of Taurus. Jupiter's in your first house now so Jupiter is this planet that helps you grow and expand. It's getting ready to go over Uranus in your chart. Um, actually that happens more in, over the summer and the fall where it's going to go over Uranus and your life is going to speed up really really fast then and, oh. and it brings luck and opportunity. But you have to know the difference between the urgent and the important. You won't be able to do everything. Mm. Uh, the attitude you developed about two and a half years ago, or two years ago, is going to have a whole lot to do with what happens next in your life. So about two years ago, you, were, you had to make a choice of whether you're going to be proactive in your life or if you're going to be a victim to circumstances. So that attitude... Um, has to do with what happens next and what happens when you're in your late 50s. It's the areas in your life where you say, you know what, it's my life. I'm going to have to find the right environment for me to thrive. And then take responsibility for your actions. You'll never regret that. The areas in your life, though, where you say, oh, all right, well, I have to put up with and I can't do something because of, those are the areas in your life in which you regret. Mm -hmm. When did you move out here? How long ago? Um, it'd be coming up on four years in July. Right. So what happened about two years ago? I Did mean, I was still to... I was still drinking pretty heavily oh. then, so I it's all kind of foggy. But right. uh, so then, I was I worked so here then. But, but somewhere after that, you you decided to stop drinking. Uh, it'll be it was last June I stopped drinking. All right. Well, that was a really good decision for you to make mm -hmm. because somewhere along that period how old were you then 20 29 no, so that around that 29th year um, it's when Saturn in the sky goes all the way around the zodiac to the position it was in when you were born and you could have made a different choice you could have said okay I'm just going to stay numb and mm -hmm. drink but you didn't and that's a turning point in your life you never want to go back to that but what you're what you're going to do now is to create a life that's going to be really fascinating and interesting and the way you're going to look at life is is the opportunities that come to you and the challenges that come to you is what makes life really interesting it's like reading a good book so if your life were a book what would make it interesting I mean you've already started you've you, you had one reality, and now you kind of went into another reality. Now you're creating a new reality mm -hmm. for yourself. That's really interesting because in, in books, you want the heroine to have a, a quest. And, and you, you've got to a certain point where there's a, a turning point in your life, and that's what people want to read. And then they say, well, what's going to happen after this <laughs> turning point? And that's what you're creating for yourself now. Mm -hmm. 
and you'll do that with guidance and wisdom. But the attitude towards this is going to be like looking at life as an adventure and learning from it. And over the next year, with Jupiter making this good angle with Uranus and then Saturn and then with Neptune, uh, there's a tremendous amount of growth that can happen. And I think it happens exponentially. It's not like just a little bit of growth. It's growth, 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 growth. And you think, wow, look at all these mm -hmm. opportunities and things. So within the next this, this within year? The next year uh -huh. Within this year, 2019. So the regress chart kind of tells how your life progresses up to now. And your progressed sun and Mercury are making a good angle probably with your moon and your ascending sign. And that means you're getting in touch with integrating the ego part of you with the emotional part of you. And you're thinking with your feeling. And this is going to help you with communication a lot. And it's also a time um, where Jupiter is making a good angle with Mars. And Jupiter is about wealth and prosperity, and Mars is about taking an action. So mm -hmm. it looks like you, you have an opportunity to take some really positive actions. Mars, though, is making a hard angle with Neptune. And that means Mars is like fire and Neptune is like water. And you put those two together, and it's like throwing a firecracker into an aquarium. You get a big kapoof of steam. Mm -hmm. And the steam either turns into a steam engine or it turns into a fog. <laughs> so the tools that are needed to turn that steam into a steam engine are inspiration, creativity, and spirituality in some way. Mm -hmm. Not religion, but spirituality. Mm -hmm. You could have religion if you want to, but you're going to invent your own religion. Um, and um, if, you, if you do the things that inspire you, then I think you're going to be on the right track. And you don't have to quit this job to do that. You can do both of them, actually, mm -hmm. because this job helps you pay the rent and all that. And then, and then uh, if you want to go towards this podcast thing, because you are born, if you were born at 9 o'clock or a little later, the sun and Jupiter at the top of the chart, which means you get public recognition in what you do. And you're able to rise to a level higher than the family in which you were born. And a lot of people who uh, become well-known, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do something just to become well-known, but if you're doing something that's really good and interesting and from your heart, you mm -hmm. will become well-known in whatever it is that you do. Okay. And, and so you have a chance to advance in whatever you do, whether it's a podcast or whether it's here or, or somewhere or else. Or something else that I don't even yeah, know because, of right now. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because, be, because what you want to do is is you want to grow and experience life and and um, and feel fulfill, you want to feel fu emotionally fulfilled mm -hmm. and feel like you're contributing something and learning something and um so what kind of questions do you have? I want to make sure I answer your questions before we... I don't know how long we've been um, on. I, maybe, like, love? That's the hardest part of your chart, actually. Oh, am I just going to be yeah. single forever? No, you, don't, you won't be single <laughs> forever, but, but 
you have to be in touch with you mm -hmm. before you find the love you want because there's a part of you that thinks well if I find him if you don't want to get your definition through being Mrs. Somebody yeah because then then you have to figure out what they want you're going to get yourself in the same situation you were when you're trying to follow some Christian religion that you didn't believe in mm -hmm. and it'll yeah. be really frustrating for you okay and <clears throat> and so your job now is to define who um, who you would like to be or what kind of person you would like to be okay and and then what kind of relationship do you want and your relationship is going to have to be based on like I said earlier friendship and value not need or dependency mm -hmm. and you have to respect yourself and you have to be proactive and you have to be in a relationship with somebody who respects himself and be proactive too because if they're not then the one who's not proactive or the one who doesn't like themselves will withdraw from the person who does and then you'll feel abandoned in the relationship so that's why you have to be whole and whoever you fall in love with has to be whole. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't date in between while you're learning how to be right. whole. You know, yeah. so I mean, you're not going to be some lonely old person. That that doesn't show in your chart. But um, but it is going to be important that that you're in your power and and not um, always being agitated or frustrated because. You, you you were raised frustrated and so that that feels normal for you and so it's easy for you to be in a relationship with somebody that oh why do you feel so comfortable because he's frustrated too <laughs> and then then even when things things get good you'll invent things to frustrate you because it feels normal but mm -hmm. that's not going to make you happy yeah so you have to really design a new life for you that that's fulfilling and then be in a relationship with somebody that's fulfilling and then take that energy together to empower each other so life is together you're able to do more and be more than you could individually okay that's really what you want yeah so um once you get that and have good communication with the person then you're going to have a really good relationship mm-hmm but if you get somebody who's not like that, or who feels like they have to sacrifice their life to be in a relationship with you, then it's gonna cause a lot of agitation. Okay. So if you could create a, a, a woman that was the most amazing woman you could ever imagine, and um, what, what would she be like, and what would she do, and what would she stand for, and, and would, and, and maybe what would she have as a career? And, and write that down where there's, where if I wanted to play the role of this character, I would know how she thought, how she felt, how to walk, how to dress. Mm -hmm. um, and then incorporate those qualities within yourself okay. and think about, well, what would she do? So let me ask you that right now. If, if you could do anything, what would it be? It might be hard for you to say what you want to be, but if you're if you're going to write about this character, what would she be then? I mean, she could she could have superpowers. She doesn't have to be normal. 
you're not normal. Forget ever being normal. Don't ever do that. I'm not normal. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Again, they broke the mold when you were born. <laughs> I, I feel like it would be really great to be so like maybe some kind of like host, like I'm doing, like I'm a host on this podcast, but like some kind of host where I could show, I could be funny and show my comedy, but also show the healing and like the priority of mental health in my life. So I think I like that's been a big thing for me. It's just like being funny and relatable and making people feel comfortable and kind of being interested in what I'm saying. But what I'm saying actually is things that are helpful, healing about, you know, my sobriety, mental health, things that I've learned. And so it's like carrying a message that's really powerful in like a more, I don't know, human yeah, or where people can feel comfortable with it, laugh yeah. about it, and identify with it. Right. So, I think you. I think that's very important that you that you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's going to be your day job or not, in the beginning, you know, you have to have enough people or enough contacts to do that. But think about where would be the best way for you to do that whether it's through your podcast or through stand-up comedy or um, through motivational speaking or whatever Mm -hmm. and try some of those things out while while you can still you know try them out while you still have a job and and see how how you react to that because because some of the things you're going to do is going to be a little contradictory or are conflicting some people aren't going to like it and some mm-hmm. people are going to love it and and uh, where's the best what's where's the best place for you to do it for example with me doing astrology i i've been on the radio a few times so i haven't gotten any clients being on the radio even though everybody says oh i love the radio thing mm-hmm. but if i write a column in a newspaper it always has has a reaction to it and and a good one so you'll have to find out, um, since I don't know your time, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but find out which, which way you, you connect or feel the best doing or get the best reaction by trying some of these things out with your podcast or maybe writing an article or maybe yeah. doing a stand-up comedy. You might want to find out which feels good to you. And then if you decide what you really want to do, there's... It's pretty easy to, to find somebody that connects you with somebody that's successful doing that, that can help guide you on on where to go or how to do that, especially out here, because there's, um, um, you know, which, which comedy place to go to or how to, how to get on the radio or something, because mm-hmm. they have people that can help you know how to do that. Yeah. But I think... I think the idea is for you to to think about I, the idea that you have that you want to help people with this with with your subject matter. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect for your chart, and I think you can really help a lot of people. It's just which which avenue you're going to take right. to do it. Yeah, and and whether you make a living doing that or not, you still I think it's really important that you're able to do that, mm. and you can. And if you decide you want to do it with public speaking, then maybe 
talk to some really good public speakers. I mean, I, I would literally call up a famous public speaker and say, can I, can I talk to you for 20 minutes to ask you how to do what you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they're successful, they're going to share that information. If you have kind of a mediocre person, they, they might feel threatened by that. So that's why you <laughs> just yeah. go ahead and ask the top. And, right. And, and with the podcast and you and you know how to get the advertisements from it, maybe that's going to really go for you because mm-hmm. because you have the kind of chart that can be very successful doing that public type thing. Okay. And get and get because some of my clients that are well known in the music or acting industry that have been successful, their their charts set up like yours. Oh really? Yeah, with the sun and the moon up there at the top and. And um, yeah, so yeah. you you have what it takes to do that. Okay. Yeah, and being yeah. like famous has never been a, a impl- like a priority for me. I think it's more just doing something that's like actually fulfilling. Well, what... yeah, and that's the way you want to go yeah. with it too. Because if you do it famous, there's going to be a part of you that clicks in. Well, I need to talk about this and not that. To be to be able to coordinate the contradictions in you and something that's that makes sense when you're talking about it that's genius mm. and that's what you want to do because okay. because that's what's interesting about about how to be responsible but also break out of the box but you know all those things that that you've been searching for and 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 now you're just now getting in touch with yourself because you've been numb for those years that you were drinking mm-hmm. and and so it's all new and it's alive for you. So that gives you extra energy to go out and do that too. Okay. If I had been more, if I had been sober and more in touch and connected with myself like 10 years ago, would I be really <laughs> something exciting be happening? Like, would I yeah. be farther in my life? Or? Yeah, you would be. Yeah, I mean. But just because, but you know what? Um, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah. Because, listen, you had to survive. And you just didn't have, you weren't given the tools on how to do that. So you numbed yourself. Right. So you wasted a few years, but you learned from it. And for some reason, that's going to give you some understanding, some depth, some psychology. You did what you needed to do. And so utilize that too. Okay. You know, if, if, there was a reason you, you, you know, got hooked on alcohol because, because life was too hard too, mm-hmm. and and maybe you didn't think of the consequences of your actions, and because of your chart is difficult. It's not easy to live. Your life is really difficult, but you have a way of communicating it that makes it almost look easy, and that can inspire people, mm-hmm. and so. Um, the, the fact that you want to do something good, good with your life rather than be bitter about it or be numb at it is amazing. And thank you for doing that because, because you, you're going to help people heal with a sense of humor. I don't know how people live without a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to do it that way and say, you know what, we're, we're here together. We're all trying to do it. And, mm-hmm. and it's your particular quirkiness that <laughs> that's <laughs> going to set you aside from you know from Dr. Laurel or something like that. It's going to be something different and and um, 
I think is the way to go. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. All right. Cool.